Send me an email, Jeff at Jeff Pod. No. <laughs> That's a different show. <laughs> send me an email at Jeff. <laughs> send, me, send me an email. Send me an email <laughs> at Jeff. Oh, oh, what is it? No, no, I got it. I got it. Se- Sorry, Em. Send me an email at Jeff with a J, J-E-F-F at onlyhumanpod.com. Got there. Hello and thank you for downloading Jeff Brazier, Only Human, my brand new straight-talking podcast. Mental health is a big deal to me. I've always been fascinated by human behaviour and consider myself a keen self-developer. To fuel my interest a few years ago, I trained as a life coach, NLP practitioner, and wrote a book that I'm incredibly proud of called The Grief Survival Guide. So I know a thing or two about honest discussion and exploring these subjects in detail. In this podcast, I'm going to talk openly about my most testing life experiences, of which there have been a few, but most of all, I'm going to try and add some value and help with your challenges. This podcast for anyone who believes they can improve, but realises that at the end of the day, we're only human. So this week, I popped a question on social media about habits and routines this time. I asked, what are your lockdown routines and any habits that you're trying to lose? Because of this podcast, I've now endeavoured to really walk the walk and talk the talk. If you like, there's no way that you can come on and have a podcast speaking about mental health if you're not practicing good mental health yourself. And don't get me wrong, I've always done it. I've always really been that way. But my routine was in no way perfect. My motivation wasn't necessarily as high as I would have liked it to have been. And and the habits that I were in, there's a lot of habits that I spoke about wanting to do and be in, but couldn't quite find my way to. Well, since I'm recording the first podcast, this sense of responsibility and accountability has just sort of engulfed me, if you like. And as a result, all of a sudden, I'd say my morning routine is absolutely first class. So um, I'm getting up at 5am, which is something that I've done in the past and know is really beneficial. Um, we all use the excuse of, oh, yeah, you know, it's hard to get out when it's dark and it's cold and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not letting those excuses get the better of me at the moment. So um, I'm then actually going straight into a cold shower. Um, I'm doing a breathing technique. I'm meditating. I'm also reading for 30 minutes. So before 7 or 8 a.m., I'm actually four or five nil up and then I go and do a run. Um, It's not necessarily where I want to just leave my exercise for the day because I like to maybe come back and make sure that I've done an hour. Um, But as far as a start to the day is concerned, I'm so proud of myself this week for being able to do that. And I have to thank you really for giving me the, the the real boost that I needed, that sense of, right, I'm, you know, it's almost like I'm, I'm wearing the armband here. If I'm going to be recommending um, ways that people can improve their situations, then I need to live it and breathe it and be able to tell people really how it feels to be able to live like that. So habits, now I've looked into them this week, I think are absolutely fundamental in in really deciding or dictating what kind of life experience we're having. I also really need to point out to you guys that I might sound like I'm giving it Johnny Big Bananas because I get up at five and I get in a cold shower. Oh, what a top guy Jeff Brazier is. Um, No, Um, today I got up at 6.10, all right? I snoozed my alarm a few times. Um, But here's the really important part is instead of being like, oh, well, I've messed up, I'm not going to do it perfectly. So therefore, I'm just going to lay in bed till eight. 
I, I guess, apply a little bit of, of non-judgment to that, which I think is important for us all to incorporate into our routine and our rhythm. Um, so it's like, right, OK, I need to just adjust slightly. So I did things in a different order. I actually got up. Um, I came to my desk. I did a few bits and bobs just to plan the day. I then um, sat down and read. Now, here's the thing again. It's like, yeah, I like to read for 30 minutes. Well, this morning I had to adjust. So actually I read for 10 minutes. I then went out on a run. I did 30 minutes. I didn't do 5K particularly quickly. But again, it doesn't matter. I'm just building up a habit and getting into a feeling and trying to find my bounce. Yeah, non-judgment, um, being, giving yourself permission to mess up or giving yourself permission to not quite hit your targets exactly how you want in the order that you want to. Uh, and if you do, you'll find that you'll still manage to maybe get 80% out of your morning, you know, rather than it's 100% or nothing, because that, that sounds a bit rigid and unkind. And if we're rigid and inflexible, generally, we don't particularly get so far. Anyway, less about me and what I do in the mornings, more about you. Emma, what's the first question? This first question's from Laura. I'm a mum of three. Before COVID, I was a fitness instructor. Every day was different, always on the move. Then that routine changed. I was lucky to get a job with the NHS and now I'm sat in front of a laptop and then homeschooling. No fitness routine and I broke the habit of regular training. I'd love that habit back. I know what I need to do. I just haven't got the mindset or the mental strength to commit and do it. I keep putting it off. I should get up earlier and allocate that time for me, but I feel like I'm running on empty at the minute. Ooh, lots in there, Laura. Thank you very much for your question. I think it'd be remiss of me to pretend that I haven't actually developed this conversation with Laura on Twitter anyway, because as soon as it came in, I just felt I really wanted to help straight away. So what we ended up doing is just firstly encouraging Laura to let go of where you was. Um, a good friend of mine used to say, you have to start where you are. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we were an, an Olympic athlete 10 years ago, um, but we're not fit now. The truth is it only matters where you are today. So to almost um, criticise yourself for not being as fit as you was, even though we've had a global pandemic, um, is, I think, you know, a bit unkind. So the first thing I said to Laura was about, let's uh let's just let's just start where we are so the, the in terms of getting back on the ladder if you imagine your habits has been like a ladder um you're you're completely off of it at the moment staring at it thinking i should be on it and that's another thing the word should uh we should ban that um never use it i should because it is a, it's a complete nod to what you used to be able to do who you used to be and the truth is well well let's recognize what we've been through lately um let's recognize the fact that that's not the reality but we'd like to I guess, encourage our habits to take us back to a fitness that we once had. Um, so what I also did is I encouraged Laura to be accountable to someone. And actually that, that someone ended up being me. I said, well, I'm running tomorrow morning at 7.30. Why don't we virtually run together in the afterwards, we will share a picture of us out and about, which is, you know, a, a form of evidence, if you like. But what it added was a layer of, of, of why. It gave a reason to get out. Actually, it's like, well, I, I need to do it because Jeff's going to be doing it. He's going to share a picture. And there's no way I'm going to embarrass myself or let him down by not doing what I said I was going to do. So there's something really powerful about making your intentions known, whether it's to your partner, your family, your friends, whether it's to encourage um, you know somebody else to join you. Again, virtually, I'm not asking anyone to break any rules. 
that will make the difference between when you're sat there and you're thinking, shall I, shan't I? Um, it will push you towards I will as opposed to nah. So accountability is massive. Um, and also shrinking the obstacle because I think Laura said that she used to run 10K um, regularly in a fairly decent time. And it's like, okay, that's what you used to be able to do. What are you going to aim for today? Bearing in mind you haven't run for a while, you're not as fit. And actually all the first run, the purpose of it is, the first thing we do in pursuit of any of our goals and you know wanting to acquire a habit is to start off small. So, all right, you used to be out run 10. Why don't you run five today? Let's half it. And why don't you completely let go of any expectation as to what time? Just get round, you know, even if you have to walk for three of those kilometers, then that's absolutely fine. Because guess what? It's more than you did yesterday. This next question's from Mark. I'm exercising once a day, but then just feel unmotivated at other times. I feel like I should be doing something all of the time, but then I feel like I just want to chill and be lazy. It's annoying. Yeah, I mean, let me let me just scan over that again because it, it almost sounds like there's an absence of goals, uh, but also there's a recognition that, that you've got a lot of time on your hands. And, and in some respects, um, time is either a gift or a curse, right? Um, I, I think actually the, the, the fact of the matter is that time is the most priceless commodity that, that, that we own. Um, so if you've got, lots of time maybe you're not working maybe you're furloughed um then obviously let's recognize first and foremost that your day is yours to um to create so you have a blank canvas um so if you want to relax because maybe you've worked tirelessly for 20 years then actually you know recognize that that might be something that's good for you to do and do it unapologetically um unashamedly and and own that rest and own that time of switching off and powering down i know i did that for two weeks in the first lockdown um i remember it being a bit like oh you know this it was all a bit of a novelty wasn't it and it was like okay all right so a lot of my work is is not carrying on i i don't know i just got on the sofa and just started watching netflix which i would never allow myself to do and there was a novelty in it that i actually quite enjoyed i think there comes a point where that then becomes a bit leisurely (laughs) um so now i'm gonna you know go through the gears a little bit you know up the speed and um and actually start being productive so i think a lot of people look at look at productivity as a right this is what when i go to work i'm being productive and i do what i've got to do and then when i come home i stop that productivity because it ends there i'm purely a self-developer i take it upon myself to always improve um it's not a, a a drive that comes from a bad place it comes from a an appreciation of life like i think where it comes from and i'm quite sure about this really is that my mum was 15 when she had me through pure love or ignorance and being stubborn um which is definitely a, a mum trait uh, i would say you know that that's me here i recognize that so as a result i'm not wasting a minute if i call, course i waste minutes we all waste time but um, I think that I'm somebody who really appreciates the time that I've got. Um, you know, however long that is, I try and make make the most of every day, and that's why habits are perfect for me because I want my day to be purposeful. I want it to be powerful. Um, I, there's a lot of P's in there, which is hard when you're speaking into a microphone. So, Mark, just be aware that if you want to be leisurely that you can choose to do that. And that's not a waste of time because relaxing is as important as, you know, hitting it hard. Uh, there needs to be a balance of all things. Um, do you have a balance? Then if not, then that's obviously what we look at. My advice to you would be to 
to give yourself three things that you're going to achieve tomorrow. And once you've done them, be like, right, great. Next day, I'm just going to do four. Again, that's what I would say to Mark. And my views can only really be formed from my experiences in life. I know that everybody sees it completely differently. I'm really, really serious about telling you that this is a community that I'm growing. And I want you also to give your advice to Mark as well. What works for you? What has helped you to get back on the ladder? How have you used accountability to create small habits, but beneficial habits that can be sustained in order to grow and order to turn things around so that you feel like you're back on track? Send me an email at Jeff with a J, J F at onlyhumanpod.com. This is a nice question from Clifford. Jeff, you start your day really positive. How do you end your day and do you have a routine for that also? Clifford, love that. Great question. I honestly have focused probably more so on my morning routine. However, I've got lots of ideas as to how I'd like to end my day. Um, so I think the biggest, the worst habit for me, Cliff, is to actually stop working. Um, so to give myself permission to stop working is something that I struggle with. Um, but yeah, I, I would absolutely say that it is um, a big consideration to make sure that I stop work at 6pm. Um, and then beyond that, I would make dinner with Kate. Um, so we'll we'll eat together. That's, a, that's, that's for us to come together and say how our day has been and what we've got up to. Um, you know, help each other, that sense of togetherness and pride and teamwork as well, which is important for uh, for parents to, to have or for, for a relationship full stop. Um, and then obviously the boys would come in and we'd all eat dinner together around the table. That is absolutely vital that we check in and see how they are, what they've been doing, um, whether there's any adjustments we, we need to make like the next day. Beyond that as well, the bedtime routine specifically, um, always reflect. Um, so uh, Kate and I will ask ourselves, We've done this a few times. It's a it's a, something that's sort of um, come to my awareness recently. But we just ask ourselves three simple questions: What did we do really well? What are we really proud of today? What could we have done better? And what will we do differently next time? That's four questions I lied. Um, but yeah, just just both giving each other the time and the space to be able to kind of elaborate on those questions is is really good. Followed by gratitude, um, five things that I've been grateful for that day. Um, followed by um, breathing. It sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But these are all such small things that just take like a little bit of time. If you're wondering about times, I go to bed at 9.30 in order to try and be asleep around 10 because getting up at five, if you haven't had seven hours, is a bit, is a bit of an ask. The other habit, Cliff, in the evening, um, you might think this is a bit of a weird one. Um, or if anyone was to say, Jeff, what's your weirdest habit? Um, I would say creaming myself after a shower <laughs> just looking at emma's face okay so a lot of women i think do this anyway i've got a lot of friends who cream themselves habitually anyway but i i i often forget and i often don't do it and i'm guessing there's a lot of people out there that don't but i think that rubbing yourself with a lotion that improves the uh the quality of your skin um is a real act of self-love and um to to kind of suggest to yourself that you are worth taking the time to uh, feel better and to, to improve your skin, I think is a real, again, this takes, it literally takes a minute. If you add all of those things up that I've just said, like with regards to the bedtime routine, uh, Cliff, honestly, we're talking about 20, 25 minutes at the very most. And it's a lovely way to finish the day. 
So thank you very much for you sending your questions in. Again, we wouldn't really have a podcast without them, and um, I hope that you keep them coming. Uh, but I'm also going to move on now to the, the advice that you guys have sent in in relation to something that I raised last week, my mini allotment. And I've had so many, so many messages from people saying that you won't regret it. It's going to be the best thing that you've ever done. Um, it's so rewarding. You know, you've got to be patient, though. Um, and I love that. And I, I do feel inspired. I haven't yet started to educate myself on all things growing vegetables, but I know that there's going to be a, a countless amount of books and podcasts and um, YouTube videos that I'll be able to watch that will help me get it right. And even if I don't get it right straight away, that's all part of the process, I guess. But um, Emma, would you like to read out the first bit of advice? Okay, your first question about your allotment comes from Vincent. He says, mate, what a wonderful idea. Definitely get something to encourage some wildlife, perhaps some plants to attract bees, big hotels, plants, shrubs to provide perching points too. I think that's supposed to be bug hotels, not big hotels. A big hotel in my garden, I probably wouldn't have got planning for, to be honest, because I'm struggling to get planning for a, a potting shed. So, um, but Vincent, thank you so much for that. And actually, um, I will be planting a bit of a wildflower meadow. Um, that kind of conjures like illusions of acres and acres of of, of land, and it <laughs> isn't that. Um, but it's it's big enough um, to to make it feel. Like it'll be a really beautiful um, way of inviting in the wildlife, which, you know, is, is great because it was always going to go there anyway. But the fact that it's going to really benefit uh, my vegetable growing efforts is perfect because it's literally going to be next to it. So, uh, you know, I'm just visualizing in the summertime, the vegetables are growing. I'm, you know, posting on social media. Look at the size of my courgettes. And um, then I've got all the wildlife, the butterflies flying around and the bees pollinating. Do you know what? I just feel like I'm living in an episode of The Good Life, which I am too young to really remember. And if any of you are too young to have a clue what I'm talking about, let me just say, right, it's all about growing your own. It's all about being self-sufficient or as much as possible. So love that. Another nice bit of advice uh, on your allotment and the stuff you can do with your crops. This comes from Carla. There's something satisfying about cooking with your own veg and herbs. We also have chickens because my boys were getting through so many eggs to get their protein up. Enjoy. Carla, I'm probably a little bit too chicken to have chickens in the garden, but um, maybe that idea will grow on me. Um, I do love the idea of fresh eggs, though. It'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I can't wait to experience the satisfaction of growing my own vegetables and eating them. Um, do you know what, Carla? You sound like the sort of person I need to ask. And I, actually, this question goes out to anybody, but there's a bit of space within the mini allotment. I've probably given a little bit too much room to the walkways. Like the walkways probably didn't need to be a meter wide. They probably could have been half of that, to be honest. Um, so I feel like I've kind of denied myself uh, a bit more space to grow something as if I haven't got enough already. Um, but what I wanted to ask is like about fruit trees in a mini allotment. Can you have them in there? I've heard that you have to have two for pollen. Pollen. I, I can't even say it. it's another p word again. Um, yeah, I heard. You, I've heard that you need to have two. Is that the truth? Why is that? Um, can you plant them so that they are literally going to end up growing and hanging over the, the vegetables that I'm growing? Is that okay? Is there a rule against that? Is there a, a reason biologically that that shouldn't happen? 
So please let me know if you've got any advice, not just on my uh, my fruit tree growing, uh, but also anything that we've spoken about so far with regards to habits and routines and the forming of, then please let me know at jeff at onlyhumanpod.com. Do you know what? When I finish recording this, I'm going to take you guys out to my allotment and uh, just have a little talk through of what I've done so far and I think what I need to do in order to consider it done. So I feel a bit like David Bellamy um, out of my allotment. Um, but at the minute, it's just a, a, a mud bath. It's literally so muddy that the landscapers have had to stop, really. Uh, puddles everywhere. So what I've got is a load of raised beds and uh, designed this myself. <laughs> and I'm looking at it thinking, ah, you know, there's too much space in and around them. Anyway, I'm being quite technical. I'm sure you're not as interested. Um I'm listening to the birds sing. Um, I'm imagining it being full of vegetables and um, it just feeling like the most tranquil like and serene and peaceful place that I could be. That's worth the money, right? And, and yeah, it would just be, it was, it'd be such a worthwhile investment for myself, my family. Um, again, like Kate keeps saying, I don't expect me to have any part to play in any of this. I think she'll end up getting sucked in, to be honest. I don't know whether the kids will be bothered whatsoever, but I'll be quite happily out here watering, you know, pruning, doing whatever I've got to do. And I just think it it just brings you out into into the fresh air, doesn't it? Gets you out of the house. Hopefully we're not locked down for long, but I just see it as being a real lockdown-proof idea. To be happy at home is, is really important and um, to add something to your garden that isn't necessarily fashionable it's no hot tub it's no sauna (laughs) but the truth is is that um whilst i don't think this area will cost me anywhere near much as those those things might have done um the truth is is that it is gonna be i think it's just gonna bring a really beautiful feeling yeah anyway so look spoke a lot at length about my mini allotment but i do love it and um I, I do hope that it does wonderful things for for me and anyone that wants to come and use it with me. Uh, I know my mum and aunt will be all over it, and I'm really excited that that will be something that brings them over and something that we can do together. I think that that is, it just gives us a real purpose. Um, it gives us a, yeah, thing to bond over. We can sit and have a cup of tea in the in the little potting shed and um and and do exactly that potter around and um you know spend hours and hours just chatting and being happy in each other's company and and doing something nice together so i think actually um the fact that it is going to bring my mum over here is probably one of the biggest uh, motivations for me doing it i think it's going to be really really good for us yeah i think it'd be really special So the main theme of last week's episode, my first one, um, was motivation. And I received a few words of wisdom via email and social media, which I'd like to share a few of right now. Here's one from John about how he keeps himself motivated. Try cooking, following a recipe. I like Joe Wicks's new book because it's for healthy eating. But you choose yours. Yeah, love that. Great recommendation. I've always found cooking to be a really therapeutic 
packed. Uh, for some, it's like too much effort at the end of a tough day. But no, I've always enjoyed it. And that is until Kate has completely elbowed me out of uh, my chef role. Chef Jeff, no more, to be fair. Um, I don't mind. I say it like I'm complaining. I'm not. I love this new development that's taken place in my house. Um, so after seven years of being together, Kate has suddenly decided that she wants to do the cooking. And you know what? I'm not afraid to admit she is actually much better than me. I love what she's making. I love the fact that I, I'm, I don't know if I'm even a sous chef, but I think I'm a, I think, is it, is it a com chef? I'm basically the skivvy. Um, so I have to chop and I have to wipe everything down and I have to do all the washing up. And um, But I just, I, I love that we do it together. I love that she's sort of taken ownership of it, um, taken resources. It's a lot, one responsibility less for me. I love that she's cooking for us as a family as well. Um, so, um, yeah, John, I'm not going to get anywhere near the the, 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 uh, the stove, if you like, unless she's not here. But, um, yeah, we follow a new recipe every night, and I absolutely agree. Doing something from scratch where you're like, look at what we built um, is a really wonderful thing for couples and families generally to, to, uh, to do together. This last one's from Peter. He's also referencing routines and habits, but this will apply to motivation also. When I wake up, I think about what I'm looking forward to the coming day. So I get up, I do some yoga, followed by chai kung breathing, a shower, a hot one, not a cold one, because I'm a coward. (laughs) I uh, make breakfast for my daughter, read at least two pages of my book. I hang washing out. I find this really therapeutic. I sit at my desk and I read my daily affirmations and start my day. Unbelievable from Pete there. A perfect example, really. Um... Uh, what I love actually and what he really reminded me there is that he's obviously taken the time to sit and think of the things that that he doesn't just have to do which would be normal for all of us but that he wants to do and that he gets something from and in what order there's so much choice littered in that explanation of his morning routine so what I'd urge everyone to do off the back of what Peter's just inspired really is for you to write a list of all the habits that you've either you're aware of personally, things that you're already doing, things that you might have heard about on this podcast or on another, and actually just make a list of all of them um, so that you can see what really is your menu, if you like, what's available to you, what your options are. And then it's completely up to you, your discretion really as how you might piece them in so that you can get as many of them done. Um, it's also useful, I think, as well to write down how long these things will take next to them. Because again, we can we can probably look at something like, oh, that's going to take ages. What Pete also said was brilliant, where he just says, even if it's just two pages of my book. So some of us are like, well, I'll only read, but it'll only be worth it if I read for an hour. But that's ridiculous. If we if we read for 10 minutes, it's better than reading for no minutes. So, you know, you're eventually going to get through that book and you're going to learn what that book had to say, or you're going to enjoy the entertainment of that book, depending on the, of whatever its nature is. Um, so Pete, that's a really great, uh, message cause it did evoke so many different areas. But again, let me ask this question as a true coach would, are you in control of your day? Sounds like Pete is. What can we do in order to help you to control your routine and your habits? There's so many areas, aren't there, of focus when it comes to habits. There's your morning, there's your bedtime, there's your dinner time, there's um, around the kids, there's your weekends, there's your exercise, there's your, you know, your diet generally. 
you have to break those areas down and um, and work out what really is best for you. But for me, like when I really drilled into how habits actually work, we it all centers around the action, whatever that is. Let's take um, exercising as an example. So that that thirty minute run that I was talking uh, about doing earlier, and really what needs to happen first is is that there is a decision, a choice that you are going to do it. Um, an element of willpower that gets you to do it. However, we can also add accountability to that and we can definitely make people aware of our intentions. We can partner with people who have similar intentions, which just gives us more reasons why to. We can also then add a layer of, of reward so that, you know, that carrot is there. And again, that was relevant for the motivation conversation last week. But if we do our 30-minute run today, regardless of whether it's at this time or so on and so forth, I am going to allow myself a glass of wine in the evening. You know, maybe maybe that's the reward that you would give yourself, or I'm going to let myself have a Kit Kat, whatever. But if there is a reward there, again, it's a reason to, and when you're enjoying that reward, you're like, right, this is how it works. I have to earn this, but, you know, it's we, we all respond well to the carrot. Being realistic in your expectations is absolutely massive as well. And again, that's the scalability element. If there's something that you want to do and you're not getting around to it, you're not being realistic in what you're asking of yourself. Downplay it. What can we reduce it to so that today, actually, that run is just a five-minute walk? And it might seem like there's a big gap between the two, but that represents you getting on the ladder towards being able to run for 30 minutes. So whatever it is that you're putting off, Find a really small step that you can take, and that is your day one. Once you've done that, you've achieved. And also, I just want to say, I don't know whether the mic's picking it up, but the Tyler downstairs in the kitchen um, is playing a little bit of Easy Lover by Phil Collins, and I like that track. And it got me thinking about you can use music to make uh, an insanely boring task much more doable and enjoyable, dare I ask. But so look, here's my recommendations. Phil Collins' Easy Lover is what he's playing down there, which made me think Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime, The Police, Roxanne, uh, Jimi Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower, The Jam, Tankle Malice, and Fleetwood Mac Dreams. There's some absolute tunes from that era back in the day when I was growing up. And uh, yeah, to be fair, my stepdad had a lot to answer for. Music uh, was one of his strong suits for sure. And I, I thank you for that education. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the second episode of Only Human Podcast. If, by some chance, you like what you've heard, then there will be new episodes every Tuesday from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Absolute Radio app, or wherever you get yours. Remember to rate and review the show so I have a little bit of feedback to know whether I'm doing all right or whether I need to roll my sleeves up and do better. You can also get in touch with your questions, concerns, or dilemmas by emailing me direct at jeff at onlyhuman.pod. (laughs) <laughs> I've done it again Jeff at onlyhumanpod.com and that is Jeff with a J it was a bit out of order for my nan to name me Jeffrey as a child uh, but at least she gave me a J and not a G because that would have been worse <laughs>